Good morning, USA. Good morning. That might have been record time for you logging on. Yeah, it only took two. Only two? I was gonna say, was that first try? Nah, I'm not. You're, get, you're getting quick. You're getting quick. I like it. Maybe it's the uh, the update updated on the app. I don't know. My Venmo has been giving me problems all morning, so maybe they heard us complain about it. They updated it, so that could be it. It did just. It asked me a question when I logged in, so I guess they did update it. They heard us. Everybody's listening now, aren't they? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. What's going on, man? Good morning. How's the congratulations? How's the new baby life? Thank you. The new baby life is different for sure. Um, it. I can't complain. Dude. I joke with people. I'm like, I can't complain. The wife's doing all the work right now. I'm doing most of the stuff with Eden, but do you have bags under your eyes? Oh yeah, I I had bags under my eyes. Are you I think I got a few more. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know it's funny. Them. It's funny. Like I, I don't think I've always been this way, but it's definitely been the case since not drinking. But when I go to sleep at night, I'm done. Like I can go all day long and accomplish 19 million things and mind going 100 miles an hour, but about nine o'clock at night. It just hits recharge mode, and I just start falling asleep. And once I'm asleep, I, it's very hard to wake me up. And so I feel bad, but I try to be as hands-on and as helpful as I can throughout the day because PM rolls around. And fortunately, Nana's in town because I am not much help when it comes after about 10 PM. Uh, so 10 to too. 6 is a wash, but yeah. But for more, like our jobs, though, too, I mean – not to kind of harp on this, but you're moving so fast with so many different people. Like people don't realize that. Like I might be working on somebody else's estimate while I'm taking a phone call, answering questions about a completely different loan. Your brain gets wiped. Oh, it's like, 100%. It's going I hit a wall things. too. Yeah. I hit it's, a wall like probably like, I mean, I get up pretty early and we grind. I would say around five o'clock I hit my first wall where I'm like, all right, I need to just take a break and eat some dinner. And Yep. And then do that. And then seven thirty, eight o'clock rolls around. I'm like, yeah, I'm just done. And that's where I have, I'm fortunate, but that's where I've kind of broken on my schedule for that reason. Um, I, like you said, I I mean, it's, it's pedal to the metal from about 8 AM to 11 AM. And then there's usually a workout or or jujitsu at lunch Mm -hmm. followed by a a quick snack or something like that. And then I'll grind the rest of the day. But um, that little break is, is much needed. Uh, Last week was, was definitely, obviously welcoming a new baby into the world but it was it was definitely hard to manage uh emotions and logic and just mentally exhausted because i didn't have that normal routine which i did not think i was as as uh routine oriented because i do try to allow more flexibility in my schedule but it is there's a few things that i need to happen and (laughs) that seemed to be one of them but no i mean all's good all's good we got Healthy baby, so can't complain. It is a little indifferent on it still. She she's super sweet with Heidi, but she's also you can tell like, hold up, why am I not getting all the attention now? Like, what's yeah, joke to do that? Uh, that only child syndrome is going to disappear now. Oh, it it's has. Hard. Yeah, it you know, has. it's just yeah. she's got to realize it. It's, oh yeah, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, and it's kind of cool because I get a little bit more one on one time with Eden because of it. Because obviously I can't breastfeed Heidi or I can't. I mean, Heidi only wants mom right now. So they, they pretty much yeah. do their snuggling thing. And, and Eden and I have been doing a lot of walks and a lot of uh, – she's obsessed with stickers now. Stickers are her new thing. Stickers and Peppa Pig. Eden is? Which, uh, yeah, Eden is. Which is kind of sad because she was obsessed with Sesame. And I'm a big Sesame fan. I think they're hilarious. Um, obviously, there's a little bit more adult interaction in that instead of uh, British pig cartoons just – sassholing really each other anything yeah, yeah yeah and peppa's sassy man you'll see it when you're actually i guess you got a little boy coming so you might not be as into peppa i've actually i've watched so rachel has i would say you got some little, well, i guess little we have, running around yeah yeah so we've got some i've got two nieces and um a nephew and yes i've, I've watched some peppa the pig but they um actually her sister for that reason is a huge fan Cause she's like, yeah. I don't want my kid being like sassy. I don't know if it's a and... British thing. And if I'm offending somebody from Britain, that's fine. I'm an England soccer fan and they have looked horrible. So I'm going to continue to uh, harp on Britain. Uh, oh, yeah, they look trash. They play God. a three today in a must win game. So we will see they're playing Czech Republic. So I don't know how that translates to soccer, but uh, yeah. Anyways, they, I mean, one of the episodes we were watching yesterday, uh, the dad was trying to tell Peppa something, and Peppa goes, blah, blah, blah. That's how daddies talk. 
And I was like, what in the hell did you just say? I mean, it was just like, you're, not, you're already just discrediting everything I said. Oh, yeah. This is a little cartoon. And uh, if, can you imagine if your kid can't, like, you're talking to Kelly and then he comes around and it's like, blah, blah, blah. You'd be like, oh, hell no. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yes, she's throwing <laughs> a TV out child. the window. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do not care that much about TV to not throw this out. Plus, I got, like, my iPad and my phone. That's how I follow everything now. Um, is, is all it's a lot of it's retro too, like it's after the fact. I'm like listening to the news. Uh, you know who my favorite sports personality has become? Pat McAfee. Do you watch Pat McAfee show at all? He's on the golf channel. No, Pat McAfee What's... is uh, so he used to be an NFL kicker. He actually he played soccer before that. He's like college soccer player, moved to punt in the NFL, played for the oh, Colts looking, for a long for the time. Colts, yeah, yeah, no, I've heard. Who was I just thinking of? Won the like most athletic like the skills competition. He won like the fittest dude of the NFL one year, even though he's a punter. Um, but you know what he does what? now? He's an announcer for the WWE. What? Yeah, he announced Hell in a Cell on a Saturday or Sunday night. Not that I watch WWE, but I do watch his show because they talk all things sports. And and because he was in the NFL, that's really what I listen to it for. I mean, he'll bring in like director of operations from this team and uh those of you that don't know i'm a packer fan and it is rough for packer fans right now with this Aaron Rodgers saga going on uh i don't know if you were familiar with it but rogers wants out of green bay and green bay is doing typical green bay things and like we don't know why he's so upset yeah, dragging the feet he told him don't 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 or uh don't sign a quarterback and it wasn't even i was that. thinking I think of he uh, just once say in the in the decision making He's like, I don't even care if it's Jordan Love that got picked up. I think it's like the quarterback we drafted last year. I think it's more of, hey, can I have some input on who you're signing or who you're looking at? And I think he deserves it, but what do I know? I'm yeah, I do. Technically, yeah, I'm a shareholder. I do own one share of the Packers. My dad bought me a – That's cool that they have that. Yeah. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I get invited every year. Well. Yeah, I get invited to the shareholders meeting every year. But it's funny. There's like, I don't know. I don't know what the exact number is, but there's like 300,000 shareholder meters meeting or shareholders. And they invite like a thousand, like the top thousand can go, but they invite everybody. And I'm like, why are you inviting me? I can't go. <laughs> They're like, Oh, sorry. We don't want to see for you. I'm like, no, it's shit. just like, um, I own some stock in, in Disney and they like, they send you the same stuff. They'll send me like questionnaires in the mail. And they're like, vote <laughs> on our next board member. And I'm like, I don't even know this dude. Like, when you said uh, Pat McAfee, I was thinking of David, uh, I see me on Google looking it up because it was killing me. David Faraday, have you heard of oh, him yeah, on the God yeah. Channel? He's, he's, a funny he's freaking dude. hysterical, man. Yeah, he's a funny dude. He does some of those. Um, oh, what's his name? Like Faraday's. Uh, he's he's on the uh, Masters a lot too. He's one of the commentators I was watching the Masters holes. Um, yeah, I think he does like funny. Amen Corner or whatever, one of the famous ones. But but no, I've been listening to him. He's he's got a three hour show a day on YouTube. So I'll just break that up throughout the day, especially since the uh, podcast content of the ones I listen to has gotten pretty weak lately. So hopefully we can put out a good one for listeners today, but I don't know. What are you seeing in the market? Let's switch into real estate. Let's dive right in. What are you seeing going on right now? I have a lot to talk about, but I'm going to let you say. Uh, yeah. So I will say that the typical like school getting out. Yep. you know that little slowdown definitely i felt it but this happens every year i actually told amy yesterday uh amy huey and i had a closing yesterday afternoon um cool. and we were talking Color about house it. then yeah exactly so we were talking yesterday and i was like my years i mean it's almost identical to last year i might be that's cool i may have closed maybe a million more than i did last year this time um, so now, do you look at better. your business in terms of a volume amount, or is it like purchase I refi? Do. I mean, I'm sure you track all of it, but when you say your business is up, are you counting refis and stuff in that too? Yeah, I'm definitely counting refis, but you know me, man. My my business is purchase heavy. Oh, for I sure. I might have once in a. I mean, I might have. I actually, I don't even have a. Actually, yeah, I do. I have one refi right now. Well, and I was yeah, saying I that because I, I feel like last year had a bunch. Line. Yeah, well, that's, that's a way to look well, at it. I feel like last year had a bunch of refis, and that kind of elevated it. Which, side note on that, that's what kind of caused this whole problem, because everybody refinanced, and now nobody wants to sell their house because they got a stupid low rate. I got a good rate. But anyways, yeah, so, I mean, things have kind of mimicked right, the way stuff has looked last year. Um, with me, at least, and, and the same kind of slowdown happens at the, at, I feel like at the 
second week of June, and it's when yep. school gets out, where everybody's just like, I'm putting off life. I've got summer coming up. I've got my kid. I'm getting out of school. I'm figuring out how I'm going to do daycare or whatever. So a lot of like your, you know, your regular day stuff, or maybe your goals kind of get pushed to the side um, for right now. But then I, I can almost guarantee July, August, September is going to be nuts again. You know, well, and the, the world just opened up too. I think it was Amy actually that I was talking about it with too. Is not only is it the kind of school gets out a time frame, whether it be beach week with high school kids or even just vacations with anybody that gets out of school. A lot of families do vacation towards the front half of the summer. Um, a lot of people are doing vacations that they missed out on last year. And oh, as, yeah, I mean, whether whether it's you're vaccinated or you're just going somewhere that's a little more lackadaisical or fully opened up. Um, there's a lot more people just taking vacations right now, even if it's not a full week or it's a full place. Uh, I mean, ourselves included, we've been kind of starting to try to plan something for for third quarter, even if it's just a long weekend, just because we haven't gone anywhere in two, three years now, it seems like. But um, obviously, I decided to go baby COVID baby. So that that throws a wrinkle in the travel plans <laughs> a little bit. But um, hey, that just means you got more time to set those goals and some destinations that you guys want to do now with exactly. the family. Like, exactly. Know, now it just it's being... all. I do feel like a weight – it's funny. I feel like one weight was lifted and another weight was put back on. But the weight that was lifted, now I feel like, okay, that was the last, like – I don't want to call it a what if. But for the last month or so, I've been kind of walking on eggshells a little bit because we didn't know when Heidi was coming. But now that she's here, I feel like, all right, cool. Family unit's complete. Now let's have fun going through life together. Um, now, obviously, yeah. God will have another plan, and I'm sure I'll get several more girls thrown my way. But – um, really we'll see what I, I keep telling Kelly that she's like, I could do a third. And I'm like, I bet you could. She's like, well, you don't want one. I'm like, no, we just no, have, I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, she's a week old. Sorry. One of my friends this. down <laughs> in Georgia, they, she just got her, she's got three girls already and they were trying so hard to get a boy. Nope. This fourth, this fourth one was a girl. So they posted on, they posted on Facebook and they were like, all right, well, God has decided we are girl parents and oh we're done. <laughs> all right. Fourth so I, I do not remember my, my, uh, my buddy's name. I'm drawing a blank, but it was a friend of mine in college. Very similar. He's a few years older than, than I am, but very similar. They had a couple kids. I want to say it was one boy already in there. It was, they had three kids and they got pregnant one more time. Yeah, it was, it was girl, boy, girl. And they wanted one more boy to just kind of balance it out. And they weren't sure. Well, they got pregnant and it was twin girls. So now they have oh. girl, boy, girl, girl, girl. And uh, he posted a video when they, they did like the little gender reveal and they were in the backyard. Very similar to how yours was, just kind of backyard mm -hmm. little cannon things or something. I don't know exactly what it was a couple years ago now, but you just see the cannon go off pink comes out and they did it cool because it was twins they did like one gender and one thing and one one twin and the other so they were like oh okay bang bang and it was like pink pink and you just see the dad kind of walk across the street the, the screen <laughs> and just face first into the pool it was really funny <laughs> just walks into it and just like ah um but i mean Say, god bless you no, girl, girls are great yeah we had um what you there yeah I lost one AirPod. One of them just died. Sorry. Um, People yeah, are getting the live show today, so they're, they need to buckle up. <laughs> yeah. My, um, my mom called it on us. So twins running my family, especially on the guy's side, it's kind of crazy. But anyways, long story short, my mom was like, whenever we first got our ultrasound, she asked. She's like, is there two? And I was like, no, there's not two. Don't curse right. me on that. There's one baby in there. And she was That's like, oh, it's a boy. Because we have twin girls in our family. Oh. My mom's a twin. Her. That's really cool, though. Her mom is a twin. It's, it's kind of all like, and it skips a generation. It's weird. Yeah, so we don't really have twins on our side, but my OB, my OB, Kelly's OB, our OB, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> he, uh, he, he messed with Yeah, exactly. He's messed with me probably more than anything, too. Like the very first, when we had Eden, the very first point we walked in there, He's doing the little check thing and everything. He looks at me. He goes, you got twins in your family? I might hear two heartbeats. And I was like, don't, don't, don't. No, stop, <laughs> stop. First one, one's fine. One's good. And then he kept at it. I mean, the whole time. It was a twin joke every chance he could. Until we finally confirmed there was one. Well, the second go around, he did the same thing. 
and he was like, and I and I was like, do you do you remember me doing this? Thing? He goes, oh yeah, I'm not, I, but hey, I mean, y'all got strong genes. Look how well the pregnancy. And I was like, this is not how this should work. <laughs> like, I do not want. To, then he thought, this is a uh, joke, doc. Yeah, then he thought Heidi was gonna have red hair when we were kind of laboring at the hospital. I was like, how how can you tell this thing? But I don't know. He's somewhat of a super doctor. Both times we've had we've delivered a baby, he delivered eight kids both days. Um, blonde. She came out blonde, right? Uh no no dark hair uh dark hair but oh, not got a lot dark hair? yeah nice. Eden had a ton um Eden had a ton of hair when she was born uh but it was dark and hers is kind of lightened up a little bit more with like a dirty blonde now but um no Heidi's is dark she doesn't have a ton of it but it's dark right now so we'll be interested to see how that grows Kelly's hair is naturally kind of dark I mean she highlights it a little bit and lightens it up but but it's it's a darker dirty blonde and obviously my hair is naturally dark um, probably naturally gray now that's why I shave it but. <laughs> Every time I like start getting long on ginger or something like that. Yeah, that's right. I hope you get redhead, man. I love redheads. I hope I do too. Honestly, I kind of. It's funny. Rachel's uh, Rachel's family calls me McGregor. That's awesome. For, I'd call you McGregor. Yeah, some obvious reasons there. Um, or I'd call you like O'Reilly or something. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> they get. They I get guess that's Irish. Because y'all are but Scottish, her, right? Yeah, Scott Irish. Same yeah, the story has it. I'll tell you real quick because it's kind of a quick story. But uh, we used to be the story goes that we used to be O'Reilly's in Ireland. Oh, see, I think I, I knew I had and, some legitimacy there. Yeah, no, you one hundred percent. And so, like, we got a lot of bu- we have a bunch of stuff that says O'Reilly on it. That's cool. um, but we stole a bunch of sheep, so we were wanted. So naturally, see, what do we do? We typical. Flood, you change we your fucking Scotland, name. You drop, you drop, drop the O. And we dropped the freaking L. <laughs> you know what's you know what's awesome about that? So uh my wife Kelly got me a DNA, one of those twenty-three and me or ancestry or whatever ones it was for Christmas. And um because we so <laughs> this is actually a really funny story. For the longest time growing up, my whole family on both sides, dad and mom, thought we were mostly German with a little bit of other stuff mixed in there. Well, to the point where my uncle, my dad's older brother, took one look at our all of our family that was still alive and around and was like, dang, no way we have German in our family. I mean, it just doesn't doesn't look like it. And Highfield didn't really sound German and all this stuff. So he did the big, expensive, like, congressional library, took a year type thing to track our genealogy, came out that we were Irish. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Well, um, Kelly's family, most of them, and McKinney, they're very Irish as well. And so we got married on St. Patrick's Day. Well, it kind of came out after the fact that what Scott, my uncle had done wasn't exactly, I don't want to say by the book, but it was a little bit of him doing it, a little bit of him having friends do it. It wasn't, it wasn't like a true DNA test. So Kelly got me one of those. I sent it in long story short, found out we're English. And then some of us moved to Ireland and the ones that moved to Ireland, almost the exact same thing as yours. It just wasn't sheep. It was land. And so we were originally high field and changed to high fill over a land dispute, which I thought was really funny. Cause I was like, Oh great. Now like half our family is in real estate and tries to sell land. That's coincidental, isn't it? That's funny. Um, we have, um, our coat of arms has a hand that's dripping, uh, blood from the yeah. bottom. It looks like it was cut off. And speaking of land, then I, I don't know. I mean, this is true, obviously, man, but the story goes as well that, O'Reilly was racing, and the, the story goes, the first person to touch it, to put a hand on the land, is rightfully theirs. Oh. So they were racing on boats, and Homeboy cut his hand off and chucked it. He was the first person to touch it. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so now it's like, do we have to be connected like to it, or is it just blood. something's got to touch it? Yeah. yeah it's Probably the left foot. Those stories, though, I love. I think it's, I mean, it's hysterical, and you got to, I mean... You gotta take some of it with a grain of salt, but also it's just kind of crazy to think like how different life was back then. Our generation you know, is getting just worse and worse. Like, can you imagine if we had to survive? Have you ever seen the show Outlander or heard of it? I have not. Mm-mm. So I've heard of it, but I well, that's, that's it. like Kelly's obsession, and it takes place in uh, like English, Scot- England, Scotland war times, like way, mm-hmm. way back when, and um, like kings. Uh, what are the? I'm trying to remember the name of the kings. That Actually, I think I've heard of that one. Somebody told me to give that a world. They said it was pretty. Is it kind of like it's Game a good of show? Like, but uh, a little bit, yeah, kind of, kind of. So basically, uh, I'll give you the quick cliff notes. Um, Claire, main girl at the time, she served as a nurse in one of the world wars. I can't remember if it's one or two, 
And then she ends up time traveling through like these ruins in Scotland. And she time travels back to, uh, God, I wish I could remember what year it is. I want to say it's like 14, 1500s. Because, mm-hmm. no, it's, it's, it's actually later than that. It's late it's, enough because I the got 1700s. Since- I'm like yeah, reading this. I think Sorry. it's like 16, 1700s because it's yeah, it's it's late enough where the end of the show ends up with them in colonial America. So it's got to be 1700s. Um, and so, it, but it's a pretty cool show. But Kelly and I talk about it all the time. Like, there's no way we could survive back then. Nah, like no there's chance. a joke We're in soft. the show because they time travel a couple times. There's a do- joke in the show that every time a character goes back in time, they take a peanut butter and jelly with them. And it's like a little thing you have to catch on, but it's pretty funny because they're like, oh, if I can take one thing back in time, like I'm taking a PPJ. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I would take because life is so dependent now on things that just wouldn't exist then that I'm like, I don't know, fire, like a lighter. I guess I'd take a lighter. A lighter. I would take something that would just blow their mind. The the cool thing is the main girl in the show, she's a nurse and she goes back in time and basically gets to gets to invent penicillin. And so she looks like a, a genius because she invents yeah. penicillin in the backwoods out of mold and starts curing a bunch of people in the war. It's pretty cool, but I don't know. We're we're totally off topic now. One hundred percent, but that's great. But it's good. No, that's I'm one hundred percent watching this show now. I'm hooked. Good. I hope everybody does. There's that's got. Funny. I mean, there's some good life lessons there. Um, but no, I mean, I we it's it's Kelly's favorite show. She's read all the books. Um, I got her a Christmas ornament from it. I mean, it, it's it's a good show, but uh. Nice. So actually what I wrote down that I wanted to talk about today is kind of similar to what you and I were texting about last night, but it's more of just, uh, we literally planned this episode and I'm going to find a witty way to call it, but uh, it's catching up and it's just kind of saying where the market is. I mean, this past weekend was the first day of summer. We're, we're officially halfway through the year, I think. And, uh, and, and so it's pretty hard to believe that 2021 is come and gone, but um, I want to do a little bit of, uh, maybe top highlight few things that we've either seen or stories we want to tell from the year uh, that maybe get, teach a lesson, but then also um, not necessarily forecast where we're going. I know we've done that, but just kind of what those mean. Um, I don't know if that even makes sense to you, but I wrote down a no, couple yeah, of things. Exactly. So, so my idea, and I'll probably turn these exact things into videos once you help me talk about a few of them, but I wrote down a couple, I was trying to come up with like three to four, biggest lessons learned for sellers and then for buyers with where we are right now. Um, Obviously we can spend our time talking about the buyers because that's the one that you and I interact with. Um, But to kind of kick it off, one of the things that I wanted to reiterate, but also get your take on because you see it from a terms perspective a lot more than I do. And that's this idea of sticker shock. So I had somebody that was talking to um, yesterday at training and they were saying, God, can you believe some of the prices these things are selling for? Do you ever see it slowing down? And obviously it will slow down at some point, but I don't see it taking a nosedive. And we've talked about this, but it's because I wrote down avoid sticker shock just because they're selling for a high price doesn't mean you can't afford it. And so that kind of leads into where I let you take it over is there's still a lot of different loan options out there and rates are still remaining pretty good. And even if they aren't good, we can do things like buy discount points and stuff like that. Do you want to touch a little bit on, I don't want to say what's available, what's not, because we can no, talk all day about to. that. But I know yeah. exactly where you're going with that. Cool. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. So sticker shock's a real thing, obviously, but it's because people, a lot of them, they never even bought before. I feel like the sticker shock people, a lot of times, they're either first time home buyers or haven't bought in years. So it's or like, we're looking wow, at it at this is how much down. this costs now. Yep. Yeah, I had a conversation with your buddy Austin, and he had no clue that he could only put, he only needed to put down three percent. Guys, I've known so, like, this guy for 10 years, and so he's kind of – and it's, it's not me. It's a different Austin. But, you know, it's, it's funny that you, you're saying that because I'm like, I've known him for 10 years, and you're telling me he didn't know he, had, he didn't have to put yeah, down to buy a house. I mean, like, I take that friends. personally. <laughs> like, I take it personally. Too. Yeah, I'm like, what Man, am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. We have been hammered at 10 o'clock at night talking about this. Oh, right, <laughs> right, right. But, um, but no, I'm just – you know, anyways, going off of that, I don't want to beat a dead horse with that, but that's a real thing. But – it is still so affordable at the same time, especially if you're borrowing money to buy the house. Um, I think it's crazy how much, you know, so you go a year backwards. All right. When COVID hit, there was a lot of stuff that going on. A lot of people entered forbearances. Loans kind of changed. Some investors pulled out. There wasn't a lot of construction of perm loans, things like that. Mm-hmm. 
the cool thing is a lot of that has settled down and we're getting back to the real world and there's a lot of opportunity still in there. I got a, in the past month, I got a one-time and a two-time construction loan finally back on the shelf. And I also yesterday found out that FHA is now letting us only count half of your monthly payment towards where before they were only ha- they were making us count one percent of the balance. So now I can only I only have to use half of the basically half of a percent of half the balance, of a, oh, okay, which okay. completely changes the thing for first time home buyers. Yeah, so man, that guy that's thing. in I mean Kelly owns you know, seventy grand in student loans or something like that. So exactly. we're using seventy so, grand now so we're only counting thirty five hundred instead of exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, that's awesome. if you had seventy thousand, if I, you know, if I pull your credit and I should see that you got a student loan for seventy thousand, it's in forbearance, so I don't have a monthly payment. So guidelines require me used to to take one percent. Now, Freddie Mac with conventional lets lets you take that half percent, but all of us kind of complain so much, and now the government's realized we've got to help these people yeah. who are swimming in student loan debt. So they are basically changed the guidelines this week. So that's cool. There's really, you know, to kind of bounce off what you were saying, you know, are, are you seeing anything? Like, is it still affordable? Is it still you know, possible? There's so many opportunities and they keep finding different ways to really help us and to help our clients. Well, so I, it's, I wanted it's to add a, to it. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was just going to say two things with that. And it's, it's two different parts of you that you said. So one, uh, the construction perm loan. And I know we've done episodes on that before. So go back and listen to it if you need to. But the cool thing is, is I have had conversations with people a lot this year about building a house and probably because of the sticker shock that we're talking about, like, well, I'm going to pay that much to buy a resale house. I might as well build what I want. And there's, yeah, there's some truth to that. Now I've talked till I'm blue in the face about when you build a house, you're not going to pay the price you see online. There's a lot more that goes into it. Yada, yada, yada. But when we were talking about this quarter one, quarter two this year, it was a harder conversation because we, we couldn't really give too many details on the financing options because they had put a pause on a lot of those. But now, like you said, there's a lot more availability. The other side of that too, is speaking of a totally different option that's available is um, you and I have talked about it personally, but the FHA loan to buy a multifam or a duplex, triplex, quadplex, that's huge. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we, our podcast is called the tribe of wealth and our commitment is to help, grow wealth through real estate. Well, my new obsession has been literally growing wealth through real estate and whether that be investing um, or, or helping people invest, but it's primarily through asset acquisition. It's buying houses to hold them or keep them and rent them out and provide opportunities for other people to live. It's not flipping or anything or wholesaling or anything like that. Um, and so the FHA thing is really interesting to me because it'll allow somebody to do one of my favorite things, which is house hack. And that is buy buy a building or in this case let's let's use a duplex just to use simple math let's say you buy a duplex and your mortgage is close to or equal to what one of those rents for rent it out to a friend of yours you live on the other side you're essentially living for free um that's a really cool way to take advantage of uh 100 and it's helping to, it's it's kind of helping elbow those investors that keep winning those deals to the side exactly if i have somebody who so let's just put this in perspective real quick. If you find a duplex in downtown Richmond, let's say it's listed for half a million, $500,000 is what the seller wants. If you have an investor come in there, they're probably not going to offer 500000 They're going to lowball and offer them four fifty cash. Mm-hmm. Well, my finance or my client, our client who's using a mortgage can qualify now, only having to put 3.5% down. And they might use the rest of their funds to put an appraisal buffer in there or whatever and offer 525. That's, that's, awesome. so, so they, yeah, win. So, you know what I so mean? Sit there, so that, yeah. So, and that investor's not going to go up that high just in cash. He's going to say, no. screw the deal. You know, he's they, looking to make money. Well. Based on, yeah, exactly. Theirs are based on a, a different um, cash on cash return, which if you are living in one of the units, you are taking advantage of that because that exactly. cash on cash return is eliminating the expense that you have to have. Everybody has to live somewhere. That's my favorite part of real estate. Is there's always going to be somewhere that there's always going to be a clientele, so to speak. It's like a, it's like owning cemeteries, not to get too morbid, but people are always going to die, and so you're, oh, yeah. you have a never-ending business. Um, I used to uh, I used to actually date a, a girl in um, early college. Her, uh, I think you were the one that, I, that told that. me that quote. I think you were the one yeah. that told me that quote. That was, well, was, 
He was, was like hounding me at my senior year of college. He was like, "What are you? What are you gonna do?" Or junior, whatever college. He was like, "What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do?" You like survive? I'm sitting here trying to figure out what the heck I'm gonna do too. Like I don't know, but anyways, he kind of gave me that advice. He's like, "Listen, you gotta look for stuff that people are always gonna need." Yep. It's like people are always gonna die. Yep. If you can find this, but I, if we are no longer in. Uh, we're no longer selling in real estate. We're serving, and a lot of that is finding a solution. Um, I actually wrote this down as another point, and I'm glad you used 500,000 because I'll use that number instead uh, for easy math. But we talked about it earlier, that sticker shock. A lot of people look at prices and immediately think, what's my down payment? That's where, traditionally speaking, people go Mm -hmm. because they're looking at from a cash perspective. They're not really thinking about the monthly payment because – most people have a fairly understanding that well, I'm either paying rent or I'm paying a mortgage. So those two things, that's not really the cost to buy the house. It's A, the money up front and B, the money if something breaks. Well, we don't even talk about the money if something breaks. That's a home warranty job. But the, the money up front, if you're looking at a $500,000 house and let's say you've only been taught or only understand that it's 20% down, you're sitting looking at it like, I don't have $100,000. I can't buy that. Um, and uh, Or even if it's 10%, like I don't have $50,000. I can't buy that either. Well, kind of what we were saying is whether it's a duplex or not, this FHA loan, three and a half percent, that's 17,500 bucks to buy a $500,000 house. That's awesome. That's a lot easier to make cash on cash return, especially if we're talking duplex, you're going to make that probably annually um, in cash flow if you do it right. And so there are ways that, and that's just, that's just, I mean, three and a half percent is any FHA loan. It doesn't have to be something of that nature it can be a much lower purchase price and that's what's really cool and what i kind of keep trying to tell people over and over is they're like man i can't believe what that house sold for and i'm like yeah but the person got it at a three percent interest rate and only paid 10 grand out of pocket and guess what 90 days later their house is worth more than it was when they bought it because it's still appreciating there's still appreciation uh that's going up very very quickly i looked at a house yesterday long term I mail um, CMAs or a uh, it's a comparable market analysis, but it's essentially recent solds in the clo- as close and as light to the similar properties you can. I mail it to all my past clients once a year, and I did those back in May, uh, kind of April May timeframe. I did one yesterday to another client of mine because she basically replied, and she's been on the fence about selling for a while. And she basically replied and was like, "Hey, I saw one pen down the street that was." 35 grand higher than the CMA you sent me. Can you look into it? And it was pended. So I don't know what it actually sold for, but it was listed three, 35,000 higher and it went under contract in a day. So odds are it sold for at least that. And so anyways, fast forward, I pulled a CMA and there were several in there that had sold for that. So in 30 days, and these are $300,000 homes. So in 30 days, the thing, the CMA was saying like 330, 340 range. And Maybe it's been 60 days, but I ran one yesterday and now it's saying 375, 385 range. Wow. In 30 days. And she obviously hasn't touched it. She's been living in the house. So um, it, it's something that needs to be said. Now, that does kind of lead into one of my points that I'll tease for the sellers. Uh, there is no such thing as listing too low in ter- as far as a price. We are in an attraction game where you are trying to attract as many people to your house as you can. Um, and I'll touch on that in a second too, because I have seen a couple of examples lately where people list too high and your home will sit. And if your home sits for more than 10 days, the market right now thinks something's wrong with it. And yep, so I saw that down in Chester the other day. I've seen it a couple of times and I've seen it a lot more lately. I mean, I can give you an example. I got the MLS up in front of me right now. In the last 24 hours alone, there's been 32 homes with a decreased price. Um, and there's 80 that came on the market. So now typically this time of year, these numbers would be double. Um, that's, that's where we keep saying there's low inventory. Uh, but that's, that's to show you that do you that's think, about 50%. do you think, sorry, random question here on that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's because I just want to know your opinion. Do you think that's because the sellers are seeing or hearing how much their friends or whoever else the market's selling for? So they are pushing their agent to list their house for that high or, do you think it's inexperienced realtors jumping in the market, selling their, their friend's house and they don't know what to do and they list it way over? I think it is mostly realtors contributing to misinformation to the sellers. I don't know if it's necessarily the sellers talking to friends and saying, mm-hmm. this is what I want to sell it for. I personally did experience some of that. Um, but 
if an agent is good at their job, they should be able to have that conversation with the client. I have yeah, seen, I, I have seen several occasions lately, and it's very hard for me to not throw names out um, that have either ruined deals or come close to ruined deals because either a they were doing something unethical, b they were doing something incorrect or not allowed, um, or, or some combination thereof. And so it's it's troublesome because as somebody that's kind of kind of prides our team on what we know or what we can know. I mean, part of why I hired Amy is because she's fantastic at knowing the different ins and outs of things. And so we have that in-house support. It's scary to see some of these agents that don't. Um, And they join these big teams that I know they're not going to get the attention on because that top agent is just that they're a top agent. They're too busy. And that's, that's really what's coming in is is the market's busy. So even the good agents are, are slipping or missing things because they're busy or they're exhausted is the other side of it. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that's a big piece of it. I do think the numbers in the MLS are down a little bit because I think there's a lot more that are happening outside of the MLS. I think off market is happening a lot more. And I think building new construction is up a ton. And those don't necessarily show in the MLS. But I do think there are people that are overlisting now more than ever, too, because of agents. I wouldn't blame the sellers. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the which, new construction's getting wild too. I just I won't say the builder's name, but it's kind of messed up how they're telling their clients. But I just had a local builder come back and tell the realtor, not even the clients. He told the realtor, "Hey, you need to tell your clients that we're going up 12k on the purchase price." Mm. Well, there's man, there's several builders out there that when you sign the purchase agreement, they have an escalation clause in there, mm-hmm. and you they have to man. They put it contingent to the price of material, but really it's them playing catch up because they've been underpriced new construction for uh, two years now trying to catch up with this market and they're, they're still trying to do it. Um, but that's kind of what, what our whole point is, is people ask me every single day I get a question, what's up with the real estate market? And my, my cop out answered every single one of them. Well, it depends on what you're trying to do, uh, but, but it really does yeah. because if you are trying to buy a house, so long as you have the right team in your corner, meaning you're okay with your terms and you can afford it. It's a great time to buy a house because almost I can almost guarantee if you buy a house, it will be worth more when you go to sell it than it is today. Now, I had that conversation to with somebody this morning, actually. He, they were like, we're in a lease. We're out next May. He was like, I'm trying to just see like if this is even makes sense. And I looked at their stuff. They got like 14000 in the bank. And looking at where they want to buy, I was like, it makes sense. It makes so much sense for you to buy. It would be stupid if you didn't. Honestly. You save money. How much and they pay in rent and everything they have. I was just about to say that. First time home buyer products. Like, let's do this. We're getting them in a house this year for sure. That's awesome. I was just about to say that next is I was talking to Kelly and my mother-in-law, <laughs> Nana, yesterday about it. Is we I was saying, it's like, you know, the real scary thing is rent is going through the roof. And yeah, so buy an investment property yeah, right, <laughs> for that right. reason. It's crazy. That's all my, quarter, my quarter three goal is, uh, or one of my quarter three goals is to make offers on a property. I, uh, I don't, I won't necessarily buy it cause I don't want to overpay, but I will start making offers. Hopefully if this HELOC ever comes through, but, um, but at the same time, rent's going up and rent always goes up. No matter what the market does, your, your, your price of your house takes nosedive. That rent's still going to be high because that means less people can afford to buy and more people need to rent. So it's going to continue to go up. And that's a, that's something to be, to be talked about because rent doesn't people are go like, down. exactly. People are going to sit there and say, Oh, I'll just rent and save. Well, if you look at it every single year, you renew that lease, your rent goes up. Guess what doesn't go up when you buy a house, your mortgage is fixed for 30 years. And so and you, you, can lock, you can lock in your you're lifestyle. Renting. <laughs> exactly. You can lock in your lifestyle. So, and that's a good, good way of phrasing it too. That, that rent is being thrown away. Your mortgage, you get back because you're paying down the principal balance. Um, a little bit. I mean, obviously, early years, it's mostly interest, but um, mm-hmm. still good. You could prepay principal if you want, if you're loaded, <laughs> or or if you want to, be aggressive. Um, but that's that's kind of my, I don't want to say my new niche, but that's my favorite hobby or piece of real estate that I'm really studying hard right now is the different types of advantages that owning a piece of property give you whether you're renting it out, whether you're living in it personally as your primary home, whether you're house hacking, like we talked about earlier, and the cost of finance or to borrow that money is so low right now. And it's so good. And the people that are in charge of that without getting political are saying they're going to try to keep it good for a little bit or as long as they can, because eventually it's, it's not going to be sustainable. 
So what we've been saying for a long time still rings true. It's a good time to buy. It's only going to get more expensive. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, it's only going to get more just, expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, honestly, just to throw another reason too, even if you're just using it as a safety net for the future, I mean, there's people out there that buy a house and they know I'm going to keep this house because in 20 years from now, when my kid needs to go to college, I've got it. It's right oh, yeah. there. I'm selling I, uh, this house and that's I what it's going to be. I was talking to one of my investors um, Saturday. No, Sunday. I wish him a happy Father's Day. He actually, uh, he has a girl that is Eden, uh, a few months younger than Eden. And when she was born, I'm drawing a blank on her name now. It's driving me nuts. When she was born, Keith is the buyer's name. He and I went and bought him a house. Um, we helped him buy a house in uh, Churchill. And he bought it in cash. It was from a 1031 exchange, but bought it in cash. And then he, he has a commercial loan company that he used credit line type of stuff, but he put an 18 year loan on it. And so essentially the house, he, he, that was to buy more, but essentially the house will be paid off in 18 years and he's making positive cash flow too. But essentially the positive cash flow he's putting into his kids 529. So it's funding his kids college through a legitimate investment source with positive passive in- income. But then also the house is going to be paid off. So when his kid goes to college, he's going to say, here's your house. You can either rent it out and use that as your income. You can keep it forever. You can live in it when you graduate. You can live in it and go to school locally. I mean, whatever you want to do. Um, And so it was really, really cool the way he designed it. Um, And that's something that, I mean, as as folks our age start to pop out kids uh, like we are, it's going to be a really, really cool thing to look at. Um, I mean, you and I have talked about it. It doesn't have to be strictly rental the direction he went. It could be your first house like you did buy your first house and live in it. And then in a couple of years, set yourself up for a position where you can keep that house and rent it out. And maybe that becomes your child's uh, college fund. And whether you put it into a 529 or not is, is another option, but it's really cool. It's really cool what real estate can do. And it almost seems like real life monopoly, but man, the five, the 529, I'm not a financial advisor, so nobody on this podcast take my advice by any means. I can direct you in the right spot. But I met with a financial planner a couple of weeks ago, and I was looking at that 529, and if you take where tuition is going right now, like, for instance, let's use Hampton, Sydney. Sure. Right now, it costs probably a little over 50K, well, probably almost 60 a year. It's about 18 60 years. a year. It's about 60 a year, yeah, because Riley is going there. Um, he's got orientation tomorrow. Nice. Good luck. Yeah. That's awesome. I saw there's a ton of people actually the post on Instagram this morning. They had a ton of people there. Um, yeah. Like kids just coming and checking it out and stuff. But anyways, the 529, I was looking at, we were looking at it because I was thinking about it for obviously my soon-to-be son. And the rate that tuition is increasing, it's going to be like $100,000 a year to go to Hampton, Sydney in 100 oh, years. So, Public school won't then, be far behind you. That's a scary thing. And then you would have to put a crap ton into that 529 to make it happen yep. if they chose to go there. You know yeah. what I mean? Now, the like, cool man, thing I'd is – I'd just put it into real estate and let that grow so I get exactly. $300,000 instead of only 60000 on my 529. And that's, where you, that's where you leverage it. Yeah, that's where you leverage it, and that's kind of what Keith was talking to me about. And, and I used to actually teach a class on this with my dad years ago on doing exactly this. We would say you can buy for retirement or you can buy for some sort of financial need down the road. And so the college thing is cool because you can literally get an 18-year note and finance it from the time your child is born. And if you do it right, that positive cash flow, even if it's 200 bucks a month, that 200 bucks a month goes into that 529. And then that grows exponentially. And they do grow pretty well. Now, what I will say, because we do have one and soon to be two, once we get Heidi's open, um, they are a, Virginia, at least the state of Virginia. And this is the way I was explained to it again, not a financial advisor, neither, neither Brandon. Um, this is the way I was explained it, to it when I opened mine. Um, you have a lot more, avenues so to speak to put that 529 to use uh at least i guess your child does um towards the end of its life so if if your kid decides to go to i mean trade school or or professional school or something like that um it can be used there's also ways you can move it into other accounts or pull it out i mean there's there's a lot of options there so uh yeah i mean we definitely want to get you in touch with the right people if you're thinking about a 529 or any sort of investment vehicle but but <laughs> I think real estate should be a piece of everybody's investment portfolio, if not the largest. Um, definitely. That's, that's just me personally. Uh, mm-hmm. 
No, I, I like this. I think this is, is, a, has been a cool talk too, because it's not just investors. Um, I like, I've been preaching it for a while. If you are buying a home, you should treat it like you're buying an investment and your team. I say your team, your, your mortgage lender or your, your financial professional that's helping you borrow the money and your realtor that you're, you better be using when you're buying the house because it's free. Um, the seller pays that fee, that team should be able to have that conversation with you about buying an asset like a financial advisor would have a conversation with you about buying an investment because mm -hmm. real estate is just that it goes up in value over time, not down. It's not like a used car salesman where you're buying a car off the lot. And the second you drive it off the lot, it drops in value. That is not how houses work. And in fact, all signs will tell your house should never go down in value again, unless something drastic happens like a world war or something like that. Knock on wood. Handmaid's Tale is too real still in my mind. It's a crazy show. If anybody's ever seen it. War is actually, uh, this is kind of crazy, but war helps the economy. So I, oh, yeah. there's a, uh, there's conspiracies about that. I'm not yeah. going to get into that, but <laughs> I remember, I remember studying that in college. I was like, what? Yeah, Are you kidding me? Why would you not be in war of twenty four seven minutes? This is what yeah. it's gonna do. Yeah, just blow stuff it's up. Crazy. It's it's periodically, just bully little people as pretty <laughs> what we were taught. At, um, no, but I agree. I agree. It's it's really kind of weird that uh, the way that different I don't even call them economic factors, but global impact. I mean, COVID. Look at COVID. Look at what COVID did. Yeah, look at what COVID a, did to. Though the global economy, um, but like even just like the workforce. I mean, there's so many industries that are having trouble getting people to, to either come to work or having trouble staffing or they had to oh, close man. down. I mean, the restaurant industry got crushed because of having to be closed. But then there's industries like real estate and uh, fortunately you guys and title companies and stuff like that that are having record years. It's just yeah. amazing how you can be on just opposite ends of the spectrum. Dude, it's crazy you say that I was reading on Richmond Business Business yesterday about how a ton of companies and, and restaurants are offering just insane hourly rates compared to where they were last year. And I noticed it over the weekend. I was downtown and I can't remember what restaurant I was at. Um, it was somewhere in Scott Edition. It might have been either Fat Dragon or Insu Boca. But anyways, one of them I saw that they were desperately hiring for a chef or something like that. And I want to say I saw the rate was like 14 an hour. Yeah. Or something nuts. Like, I don't know. It's just, that's something that you do. Like we just wouldn't see probably a year ago. And it's now they're trying so hard to get people to come work. It's amazing. But it's so tough. Cause I mean, the government's still giving people $600 a week. So. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and not you even that, I was talking to somebody recently. I don't want to get generational and I don't want to blame anybody, but the impact that COVID has had, I mean, like, like I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit of a, of a more personal example. If Kelly had to go to work, fortunately, I, I, our business is doing okay right now where she doesn't have to, but if Kelly had to go to work, she would never, never work in a restaurant again. After some of the shit she's seen and after coming off of COVID, it's, it's roughed her up a little bit where she's not too comfortable with people and she can take yeah. the time to get there. So some people are looking at it from a standpoint of like, look, I'm still a little Health unsure about this COVID yeah. thing. You told me it killed hundreds of thousands of people last year. I don't know if I want to go hang out in restaurants. Like, like it's tough for me to do that. Or, I mean, like you said, the other side of it is they're making either more or easier or better money elsewhere. The other side of it too, is there's a lot of companies that are paying people to still work remote. And yeah. I think, I mean, I saw something crazy. It was probably a month ago now, but I saw something crazy. Like 42% of workers were working from home still. Oh, um, yeah, I believe it. I don't think Robert Thurston's going to – I don't know if he'll ever go back to, like, at the office. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the insurance yeah. company he works for. I mean, I think they're just – I mean, they're done. And, and they're Liberty. I mean, they're Liberty. Crazy. They're Liberty Mutuals. I mean, they're a big one. Everybody knows the email. Yeah. I hate to say that, though. Like, so, actually, I was going to say this earlier on at the beginning of the podcast. We were talking about, like, just, you know, how things are going and stuff. I went back to the office last week. I was like, I'm going to try to get back. I didn't have it. You know, I want I want people to see like I want to be in there. I want people to see that we're in there and we're open and things like that. Um, but standard of living, oh man, my week was jacked up because I went back to the office last week. I didn't go to the gym during lunch. I was bad about bringing food. 
like I can I've like forgot how great it was kind of working from home to be able to be like, all right, I'm grinding, I've got breakfast, I've got coffee, you know. And you know it's really funny take a break to the gym ten minutes down the street and come back where my office is thirty minutes away. Yep. I can't come drive. I'm not going to drive 30 minutes to go to the gym. You're telling me. Office. Shit, everything's 30 minutes away. No, <laughs> uh, it was really funny you said that. Is right before we, we got on the horn today, I told you I was trying to think of those videos. I want to do four biggest lessons learned from the first half of the year and break it up between sellers and buyers. Number one on buyers was avoid sticker shock, which we talked about. Number two, um, terms matter most. We talked about that. Number three which we haven't gotten to yet until you just said that was home environment is how I'm calling it. But, uh, and I'll, I'll explain that, but that is the top priority. And what I mean by that is it's either we need more space or we're moving towards uh, we need a home office, like you just said. It's, mm-hmm. um, and so it's kind of cool that you said that because people are realizing like, Hey, this working from home thing ain't so bad. Like wow. I, and, and there are other people um, I have a friend of mine. I don't want to drop his name because he hasn't announced his company yet, but he's trying to leave his company and get into real estate because he wants to work from home, not work from home, but he wants to have a little bit more of that control of his schedule. Yeah, because he's having a third kid. And so it's kind of exactly. that family environment where, like you said, that standard of living or, I mean, I like it myself. I work out of my, either my shed or my office upstairs most of the time or I'm on the go. But, um, but when I'm working, I like the fact that my wife can stick her head outside or, or text me and say, Hey, can you come help me? And I can yeah. be inside or be downstairs in a few minutes, especially with two under two. But I was um, talking to a client and I was asking her, I was like, you still work from home? Are you enjoying it? Are you, you know, one of those people that's like to stay? Cause some people just, they don't have the mental discipline to do it. Which I, that's another idea. I think yeah. it's small. I think it's great for some people to realize that and be like, nope, it's not the type of person I am. I have to go to the office or I'm not going to yep. get anything done, which is good. But I was talking to this woman and she was like, I haven't been behind on laundry all year. And I died laughing because that's the most realist thing. Because, you know, I'll be on the phone and that's me. I'll, it'll be two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'll be taking an application or something or answering a call and I'm changing laundry. Yeah, because I'm at home. I'm I like, was just about to say, my productivity has gone through the roof. Yeah, house my stays clean. You got stuff yeah. done. It's fun. Right, it's and fun. and it's funny. You realize how much I don't want to say time you waste, but how much time is filled with. Uh, we talked about that eighty twenty rule before, but how much time is filled with like your your not dollar productive activities? I love our Keller Williams office, but I have more meaningless conversations when I go in that office, just catching up with people, I say meaningless. Obviously every conversation with somebody in that office is meaningful in some way, shape or form. Cause I love those people in there. But, but I talk about the dumbest shit. Like, like I just get in there and I'm like, I, I've been here an hour and a half and I haven't even turned my computer on. Yeah. Like, what did I do? And so it, now it's great. I do need to do more of that because I love seeing those people. And I think everybody should have some of that environment. But like you were saying, if we can get a little bit more done, why not? I mean, why, yeah. why not? And, it's literally like less distraction from people, you know, more productive driven. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm yeah. With you. yeah, that's really cool. But maybe we cap it off there. I think that's a good way to kind of, I don't know, wrap it up. What do you think? Is there anything that we need to add? I don't want to give away too much. No, I think it was good. I like this little just catch up podcast we did today. I think it was good. And it's been, we skipped last week. Because you had the exciting news. I was in the hospital the last board, week. So. I was in the hospital on that Tuesday. I would not have done a podcast. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, guess I could have. To, I guess I could have, but I can't promise a reception in UCA. Um, no, it seemed gotta, pretty you good. You got to take care of your family, man. Yeah, you know? it, it seemed pretty good. No, it was funny. We, um, we made it known that we wanted to be out of there as quick as we could, so long as everything was good. And I think they knew that from the get-go because they put us in the smallest room they every single time a nurse came in there, they were like, "We're trying to get you out of here today. We're trying to get you out of here today." Which most people probably would have been pretty bummed about or pretty like rubbed the wrong way. But I tell you what, first kid to second kid, night and day different. Like Kelly yeah. and I, every time a nurse came in, we're like, "Cool, we still trying to leave at noon, right?" And it was like, <laughs> like, like we're like checking our phones. Like I got the car running out front. Like I'm like, "Let's get home. We're ready to go." Like it's just funny. We're the first That's one. We're awesome. like, no, we'll stay another night. It's cool. We don't want to get yeah. in. We we're good. Yeah, we sure feel like we got in. more eyes on the baby here. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. But uh, but the second one, I was like, cool. Eden's great. We we figured her out. So if we just duplicate that with Heidi, we'll we'll be at, knocking out the park. But they are totally different kids. Woo, totally different. Look the same, but Eden is all That's me, funny. and Heidi is all Kelly. Really. 
And I'm leaving that there because if Kelly ever listens to this podcast, I'm not saying anything <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for. <laughs> I, I love Kelly. No. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, how are you already saying hi? He's like me. She's eight days old. Uh, no, but it's funny. Eden loved the bath from the get go. Heidi, terrified of water. Austin swam in college. Kelly can't really swim, scared of water. See? It's it goes it's all the way through. It goes together, yeah. yeah. All That's Heidi wants to do is sleep. All Kelly wants to do it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> all all Kelly wants to do right now is sleep, and God bless her, she deserves it because like I said at the start of the show, I'm not a night person. Um, but if you text me at five AM, you'll get an answer pretty quickly. So yeah, take that, take that what you will. But uh Brandon, as always, I appreciate it. We'll get some more guests on here, I'm sure. But no, I I love this kind of kick off the second half of the year. Um, I'm going to be coming to you for five quarter three goals, so you better start thinking. I forgot to start that off. Oh, I got um, you. Well, it's one in each area. You can do that. Let's leave that for the listeners. All right, I'm going to give it to you now. Write it down. Ready? You need so it's an exercise I'm doing with myself and with Drew and a couple other people in the Freedom and Eden team. Um, oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what I did with mine, it. yeah, what I did with mine is I'm doing, um, I, I'm trying to think about it not all work. So I'm doing one personal goal, one financial goal, one spiritual goal, one business goal, and one health goal. I like it. I think yeah. it's really smart to kind of make it not all, not all work. Now, obviously, yeah, you take one it shouldn't look at all this, be work. Yeah, you take one look at this and like one of them is pay off a vehicle. Um, well, that's a financial goal, but it's also obviously going to help us personally and, and business. Um, mm-hmm. Another one is is closings and referrals, tracking that. That's obviously my business goal, but that helps things. So it's there's, there's a lot to it. One's on here that I think you'll appreciate because I haven't done this in over two years, and it's take a weekend off. Oh, I like it. One, I wrote, I wrote one family-only weekend, either a three-day trip, either a vacation or a staycation. So you're gonna to have to help me as my accountability partner make sure that happens. Definitely, maybe um, if you do the trip, we could do a little. Dude, I want to go to a beach area. like we've been talking about. I want to go to somewhere, maybe yeah. even like like late August, early September. Dude, you do a quick trip to like Sandbridge or something. Yeah, yeah. I heard tourist of Virginia Beach. I heard Cape Charles was supposed to be a cool spot to visit. It's up around the bay. I've never been to Cape on Cape Eastern Charles. Shore. I've been yeah. to Eastern Shore once for a baseball tournament, but I was like 11 years old and don't remember it. So that doesn't mean anything. I remember, we went to like Chicotee too. Like we saw the horses and shit. It was cool. But. Oh, yeah. Baseball, that's what I love about the Yeah. All the wild yeah, yeah, horses yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. The drive on beach. Yep. <laughs> it's funny. I used, to, I used to drive a Jeep and took that out there. Oh, I miss it. That was good yeah. times. Good times. All right. Well, <laughs> I get you a four wheel drive again then. I know that's uh, I need that to just probably sell one you of my truck. five goals. Because you keep saying you want a truck, I need. You know what I want? I want. I want a four. Dude, they're so stupid expensive right now. Everything. If you're, if you're right out now. like me shopping for a car right now, don't buy a house. I feel your pain. It's cheaper. I feel your pain. Yeah, it honestly, is literally cheaper. One hundred percent. The interest yeah. rate's better. The cash to I close saw is somebody. Um, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, actually, I think it was Kevin Rand DC. He's a real estate at uh, eight hundred four Realty here in uh-huh. here in Richmond. Um, but anyways, he posted a picture on Facebook the other day of the car he bought last year, and it was for like 18k. And he went and found the same car, same year, same mileage this year, and it's like 24k. Uh, the car that we bought, the Atlas that that we bought, what was that, 30 or 90 days ago? Kelly's new Mm -hmm. car, the same exact car with double the miles from the same dealership is seven thousand dollars more expensive right now dude it's not okay it's not i saw good. it online the other day i was like the fuck uh, yeah. and that's that's and like i got out the door a little bit better through our networking over there but but i'm i'm, I'm just comparing sticker prices yeah and i was like holy it's shit wrenching honestly yeah so, especially but, for trucks it's like the resale and trucks are insane and then cars yeah. are not and nearly you have a camry right and yours is a camry yeah i've got a corolla i was gonna oh, corolla okay but yeah so i saw a thing the other day out of the top 10 brands that millionaires drive, Toyota was number one. I mean, they're so cheap. Honda was number two. I mean, they're great. Uh, Ford was number three, though, so we know they're wrong (laughs) because I guess millionaires don't drive anywhere, so maybe they have the Ford, the Ford sits in the driveway, and then the driver drives them in something reliable. Yeah, I don't know. 
No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was say, there's my daily four joke for the. No, those flux fuels are pretty sweet, though. I got to give those F 150 flux fuels. Yeah. Whatever. I say, you can get a nice, you can get a nice Ford truck if you're willing to pay for it. Yeah, then I got. I would still go. I was going to say, I'd still go with a Raptor, (laughs) but I don't have 75 grand laying around. (laughs) That's the other thing. I'll see a truck and I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. And I'll look and it's like, oh, it's 68,000. Never mind. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you want to ruin your day? Go look up the GMC AT4. That's my oh, favorite trim. They have Sierra and Canyons of them. The Sierra is more popular, the bigger guy. But the AT4 is like their top line trim. Yeah, there's 67 down on truck. I hate They're it. Beautiful. They I are... a boy over at uh, Homeland bought the new Denali. He got rid of the Spider or the, uh, God, the Black did. Widow. Yeah. yeah. He got rid of the Black Widow GMC and bought the new Denali. And it is pretty. Denali is a nice car. That thing will drive like you're on pillows, too. That trim is a. Well, anyways, uh, we're going to end that show with don't buy a car because it's damn expensive. It's actually cheaper to buy a house. And if you need to working from home, buy the house. You don't have to drive anywhere. Hit us up. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's apps out there now where you can literally rent a car. Yeah, for for like a couple hours. It's Toro, I think, is one of them. Um, Uber, obviously, Lyft, all those things are existing, but. No, I don't. I think cars are overrated. If you're in the city, you got GRTC everywhere, all the way to Shore Pump. Who needs a car? <laughs> Buy a house. There you go. We're going to make everybody rich just through buying real estate. That's a claim. Cool. Awesome. Well, Brandon, it is always a pleasure. I appreciate it. I'm sure I'll ch- chat with you later today. And to our listeners, Definitely. thanks for always hope every- checking in. 100%. I hope everybody had a great Father's Day. Uh, Talk yeah. to you all soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks always for listening to the Tribe of Wealth podcast. Take care.